previously on Belgravia, the truth about Charles Pope and his lineage came to light. Turns out that that Bouvier, the reverend that we thought was a fake reverend, was actually a real reverend. So Pope is not some bastard child. He's the legitimate heir to the Belasis name and fortune. So full speed ahead. I hope John doesn't mind. Let's find out how the show ends this week on the Lord of Grantham podcast. It's the end of the season of Belgravia. What is going on, Corey? Uh, I'm I've been good. Not not too much going on in my world. Uh, how about you, Dave? Also good. Uh, on vacation from work, so relaxing. Still nice. Lots of little projects around the house and whatnot. So that's you know it's not just a super duper relaxing, but I'm not at work, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. It's always a plus. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we just talked about Bo Gravia last week, and here we are already talking about the finale. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and no updates on when the Gilded Age is coming. You know, we heard that date of September 11th, and still no updates, although I did see that a Gilded Age townhouse near Central Park hit the market for $65 million. <laughs> Dave, you want to go in? If the patrons come in, the money starts flowing. Sure, I'll put yeah. it down. If they gave us that enough money to put money down on a sixty-five million dollars house, I feel like they're entitled to to stay there with us. Oh yeah, I mean we got we're not living there. Well, I'm not living okay. there. I'll live uh, there. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll summer there. Okay. <laughs> you have your main house. You need your summer house next. That that's the goal. Yeah, life, which right? is totally against how the the dynamics of these people in these shows work. But I'll you know I'll go yeah. into the city when it's a hundred degrees and gross. Mm-hmm. And, and leave when it's calm. Yeah. And in terms of other stuff going on uh, with all the other shows we watched, there was an interview, an interesting one, with uh, the executive producer of The Crown. Uh, and the headline was, The Crown executive producer looks back on five seasons ahead of series' final run because this fall will be season six. Mm-hmm. She says, I don't know whether I'll ever work on a 10-year project again. <laughs> you know, wow, 10, is, 10 years? Really? The Crown season one was, I believe, either 2016 uh, or 2015. So you factor in pre-production. It was 2016. Yeah, I mean, it started filming in 2015, but 2016 is when it aired. So yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would want to do a 10-year project if it ended so uh, in such a gloomy way where you know how it's going to end. <laughs> this isn't some show where you can make up the end. I mean, we want them well, to. When they when they started the crown, they didn't know how it was going to end. They just kind of kept going. <laughs> I mean, it's not wasn't going to end well. We just didn't know how sad it would end. Yeah. Well, we'll see how they wrap it up. I mean, we're um, definitely not getting into Harry and Meghan. That's way too much. Oh, uh, they may. Who knows? We'll see. If there's ten episodes, we just don't have the time. I, man, they they're going to need to plug Diana the musical into that. that show. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But we do know we'll the see. ending of one show. Downton Abbey. <laughs> that is true. Poldark. That is true. No, I'd say TBDM Poldark. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes and no, but we but, don't. We do know the ending for now of, Belgravia. of this chapter of Belgrave. Yes, yeah. 
because there is another chapter coming, but we got to finish up this chapter. Whenever that other chapter arrives, who knows? How do we, how do you even talk about this episode? Where do we begin? I mean, there's a lot of threads here, man. Um, well, we can just start off the, the top and pick up where we left off of last week, which is James Trenchard. He visits the cotton gen. He, he, he uh-huh. meets, uh, you know, the people who are sp- spreading the, the negative press about Charles Pope. And yep, Riley. He, yeah, that guy, my name is Riley. And, and he takes it straight to him. He says, you know, what was the deal with this sale? With this old lady? What, you know, did Charles Pope come in and wreck the, the scene? And they're like, he, uh, he lowballed her. He did, the, he did her dirty. And, he, and James just says, I have a good authority that you offered $2,000 and Charles Pope offered $8,000. How is that a sour deal? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, I talked to, to the widow Gurton mm-hmm. and she, she didn't, she said he was okay. He was okay by she, her. She was not bullied or terrified into taking an offer. That was four times the amount that you offered. Yeah. She said 400% more than what yeah. you offered. How's that make you feel? <laughs> And apparently, the, part of the, the reason why they got in the situation was, was that the place was wrongly labeled, and he paid the correct amount for what it was actually worth. Well, yeah, because they, they said that he was, like, cheating them out of... Uh, profit. Out of, out of yeah, he was trying to do a wraparound to get around paying certain fees, and he said it was a one-time mistake, and he rectified it, and all is well and good for Pope. Yep. And this Riley fella was a bum. Mm-hmm. And he had no leadership ability whatsoever, but out of the kindness of his heart, Pope kept him on. Yeah. Which so, is, uh, sure. I mean, I don't know how these guys got so jaded about yeah. this situation when they're just so clearly like worker bees. Like, why would you be, why would you have such a axe to grind? I know this is only a miniseries and these are like, the most tertiary of tertiary characters, but why Why give them two scenes if they're just buffoons? Well, I think it's a thing where we see money doesn't come easy to some of these people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they have to really, you know, especially the below help need to hustle to get some, some money. So I can understand how they're justifiably upset with Charles Pope coming in and just taking something that would have been a quick gain. Same time, these are not savory people, and it just seems like they have a distaste for... And, and in general, you know, up until this episode, Pope is the son of a preacher. He's not some mm-hmm. affluent guy. So he he bootstrapped his way to 8000 pounds. Yeah. So that essentially clears the name of uh, of Charles Pope. Like, I know they alleged like he did other things, but this was the chief. Uh, yeah, those were the two him. or three. Uh, he, he screwed over this Riley fella who was going to be the foreman. He skirted his way around some legal fees to make more of a profit and he bullied the widow Gurton mm-hmm. and all three disproven pretty yeah. fairly easily too I know, I know that uh, James Trenchard is very resourceful when it comes to getting things done he is the, the magician after all but mm-hmm. he really very quickly comes gets to the bottom of this and it's not really clear how he got that information exactly he, he just got it yeah. Well, we know he went to lay the, the Widow Gurton. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he talked to... Well, I don't know. They haven't said whether or not he talked to Pope about it because Pope didn't ever fessed up that it was all just a ruse to keep 
Oliver and James on the same page. Yeah. Well, I mean, where do we go? We can go deeper into Oliver, but that ties into the ending. I mean, we could talk about the downstairs help uh, because their stuff wraps up actually pretty early in this episode. Yeah. Pretty much all of them that we are our big three downstairs. Mm-hmm. It's they, also a little too tidy, <laughs> the sending. Yeah, yeah. So it, there's a scene where is it Ellis? Or no, 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 no. I think I think we could talk a little because it all kind of comes together in part due to Susan. Yeah. We can get into that. I think that's something we can pretty easily sure. So Susan goes over to John Belasis in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. And says, we got we got something to talk. I want to talk to you about something. And he's like, all right, woman, talk. And she's like, we got to go inside. And she says, I just went to the doctor. I'm pregnant. It's got to be yours. I don't know who else mm-hmm. it could be. It ain't my mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. And Pope is like, or not Pope. John is like, I, you got to take care of. Yeah. And, and your Susan, who we found out this episode has been married to married to Oliver for 11 years. God, man. And they've been tr- on, you know, dude. trying for that long and haven't had any success. She's she's like I'm not about to get rid of this thing. I've been waiting my whole life to do this. And he 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 actually uh, this is like it's very sharp. It's it's not it's not funny, but it's pretty sharp when he says, like, why would you have feelings? You fell into bed easy enough. <laughs> it's like, oh, damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's cold. He's a cold man. He's in a bad mood. And she's like, look, I will. I know. <laughs> and he, he brings up his nemesis, Charles Pope, which is like, that's a strong word to use considering you've known this guy for like three weeks. Yeah. Also, like should be noted, Charles Pope does not show up in this episode until well over halfway when it's passed over. <laughs> He doesn't show up for the first nearly 25, 27 minutes. I I think calling someone your nemesis is like, you know, you won the Royal Rumble Sunday and Monday. You're like, I've always hated Roman Reigns. It's like, no, no, no. You hated him when it became convenient. Right. So I barely know this guy. He's like, this Pope dude is going to ruin my future. And then Susan is like, I've got money. Mm -hmm. You're good if you just want to. I'll call it quits with Oliver and I'll marry you and it'll be game over. We can have our life. And Belast is like he lays it down you. real real plainly. Well, not even just screw you. He says he's you know cousin Edmund's son. He's the vice count Belasis. Mm-hmm. Or uh, like there's reputation behind his name. So does she actually realistically think he can marry a divorced woman uh, of a dirty tradesman and that would be yeah. okay? And on its face she has to know this seems a little bit silly. Like, that, that, that just can't... It's just not going to happen. Well, she's playing to his sort of situation. He, she's basically saying to him, you're at the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. I can get you out. I'm not saying it's going to be great. But and she's also kind of putting it out there like, I'm hot. Like, come on, man. <laughs> and I'm pregnant with your child. Is that not enough? Yeah. And but no, he needs a brilliant marriage, as he says twice over. It needs to be brilliant, uh-huh. and with her, it'd just be kind of dim. Yeah, but he's old. Like, what? He's a bum. He's a loser. How old do you think John Velasquez is? 
I'd say probably 35, 40. Yeah, I know the, the actor is playing this role, but he Yeah, he if Oliver's looks... in his mid to late 30s. Yeah, similar age. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, yeah, you can uh, get a cab. <laughs> uh, hail one yourself. But she's like, what are those letters? And they're the letters that are the copies of the... Mm-hmm. Um, Sophia, you know, what's the, not Bouvier, that's the Simpsons name. Um, yeah. Bouvery. Bouvery, yeah. She sees all this information and she's like, what is this? And he's like, well, I, you know, he's all just part. And he's like, all right, I'll go, I'll go get the cart for you. And, it, and when he does, Susan says, enough is enough. It's time for a change. She snags the papers, bolts it. <laughs> Gets into the carriage and rides off into the sunset as John runs into the street. And I think I've noticed this recurring theme with John is he's so obsessed with status that Uh like this woman has these papers that conceal his fate. And as soon as he's in the public facing eye, he just starts walking slow, acting all presentable. (laughs) It's like, no, dude, chase her down. She's like 35 feet away. That's your carriage. He does does let out an emphatic, no. (laughs) <laughs> just to let us know how upset he is. Um, yeah, well, he's but, no but Oliver. Point, he though, has a little he, bit more tact. To your point, though, he he can't let the massive top hat fall off his head. He's got to keep that balanced on his head as he's strutting really quickly. But at the same time, it's like, how foolish can you be to this woman that you're about to just say get out of here and just reveal this entire, you know, anchor that that's around your neck? You know, like. This is a real problem for you, sir. Why are you just freewheeling with it? You really trust Susan that much? Okay. All right, man. Yes. The answer is yes, he does. Yeah. But yeah, so these papers, though, that Susan delivers, she she goes back to James Trenchard. Now knowing that John does not want to marry her, does not want the child, she can go to James and say, hey, I got these papers that seem to prove out something about Charles Pope being legit here uh, to your family. Yeah, also, and she does. She says a little boy gave them to her. <laughs> yes, a little boy, a servant gave it to her. Um, and also, she's pregnant, by the way. And he doesn't connect any dots. He just says, "This is great." He's not like my boy ain't got none in a long time. <laughs> he doesn't think about that one time. <laughs> my my son was looking for a job and he joined the firing squad. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so he goes immediately to Anne to say, "Hey, we got these papers here." You see this? And she says, oh, yeah, I already got the real copies over here. Where did these come from? Look at the handwriting. Which, the timing couldn't be worse for Ellis because she's, what is it? She walks in there, right? She walks in the room and she's like, where'd you get that? (laughs) (laughs) Don't ever, like, ask where did you get that because then people are just like, how do you know what I have here? Yeah. Bad move, Ellis. (laughs) Um, She wanted some of that purple stuff. Yeah, and she's like, I assure you, I'm a good woman. I just made a mistake. It's like, nah, you could go to jail for this. Yeah. Yeah, so so they kind of quickly suss out that, oh, oh, you, you know something about these papers. How, how do you know what you know? And, and she's she, like, she's, Mr. Tur- Mr. Turton. <laughs> it was, was Turton the whole dirt. time. This is the Turt's dirt. Nothing on me. Uh, and they just want, like, names. Who, who did this? And she she's not about to give it. And he says, if you want a reference... And we all know how important references is if you watch Down Abbey or anything else. You better tell us the name. And she says, 
John Blasts. <laughs> it's John. It's JB. It, it was old JB. Uh, and it's still Turton's fault. It's all Turton's fault. Yeah. And they do the great thing where they're like, where uh, James is like, well, I'm going to go. F-. They say, you can't you can't let Ellis tell Turton. you got to go fire him yourself. And James mm-hmm. goes, well, I'm going to conveniently leave the room and fire this loyal servant. Well, disloyal servant. And I'm also mm-hmm. going to get champagne. It's like, leave yeah. the room. Just for enough time for Anne to be like, my my son ain't been hitting that in y- y- a long time. Yeah. What's going on and who did it? Who's the daddy? <laughs> uh, is this the moment, though, where Susan says she, she, she tells her everything? Or no, no, no. Yeah, no, this no, is no. all the same. So they're sort of sitting at the couch. And yeah. Anne is like on cloud nine. Because mm-hmm. she's she's doing all this sort of mental math in her head. Right. She's she already says, piecing together that her son is not the actual father. And she's like, you're going to take this baby. And guess where you're going? You're going to waste away in Glanville. Yeah. Her most and, beloved Glanville. <laughs> I mean, that would and be then, a and then In fairness, I think, I think that Susan and, and Anne have a nice, like rivalry to the point that they can respectfully say these sort of terrible gossipy dirt sort of to each other without getting hot where she's like well my first option was to divorce Oliver and Mary Mary uh, Belasis but Belas- you know, Belasis wouldn't take it so that's why I'm acting the way I'm acting and Anne isn't like I will have you killed for what you've done to no, my she's son she's gonna sentence her off to Glanville <laughs> she's like, like yeah which is which is enough Mm-hmm. And so the gimmick is they're moving to Glanville because God knows our boy Oliver is a total dud in London and he's a waste. So send him to Glanville where he can be a a, a you know a society boy. He can be a somebody going to parties rather than yeah. someone working and trying to make a name for himself in an industry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, she just has to kind of keep silent. Yeah. So then we see uh, the scene of Turton and Alice. Yeah, they're drinking. And they're chatty. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're both out the door, uh, which is kind of ironic because last week it seemed like Turton was the wise one saying, like, get out of the game now before it catches up to you. And mm-hmm. Alice, Alice gave up the game. She gave it up, but Spear shows up. She's got some papers, uh, uh, and what is it? They they know about Miss Oliver. She knows about Miss Oliver being pregnant and stuff. Because like even then, Turton and Ellis uh, uh, are starting to put pieces together. Like, oh, something may be up with Susan. Maybe there's some knowledge there. Because how else would she have gotten the papers and all that stuff? Uh, but yeah, too late. Spear already knows what's happening. She's like, they they already know that she's pregnant, and also. You were stealing food, Turton. You you ain't coming back from this at all. That that one little scene that happened in episode three or so of the season came back to haunt him. I told you it was going to be something big. Mm-hmm. Well, something like all- a ki- an extra kick in the butt on the way out the door. Right. It was just a, such a small thing to to bring back. Blinking, you miss it. Uh, and Spears just kind of like, I'm going to get a sack of gold and have a reference for a job at Buckingham Palace if I get out of here. So I'm great. Yeah. 
So you're like, you and know what kind of secrets I've been covering discreetly because I'm good at my job. I don't need to go digging for more information. Yeah. I, it's funny. The, the, I mean, the story definitely, and we can talk about this more when we break down the season, but it feels a little slight, this whole downstairs mm-hmm. piece. Just to end like that. Yeah, I feel like Julian always wants to include the downstairs just as a means to show a sort of classism. But he doesn't always know how to flesh out entire social dynamics in two separate areas in a matter of six episodes, six weeks. Yeah. Maybe the book um, gives them a little more. Maybe. Uh, but the rest of the episode is pretty much the primary plot line of Oliver and the Popes of the world and stuff, aside from Reverend Berlassus, if we want to address that. Yeah, he gets one scene where it's like, He's offered bail money, you know, one more time. Yeah, the family's going to... They're saying, report the totality of the sums that you owe. So, like, pay it all off. And then he says, well, if I can get around this, I don't have to pay it all off, and I'm back in the game. One more hand. And his poor wife, she has a few scenes in this episode. Lady Grace Belassus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like, she's just like, enough. Yeah, I can't, I, I don't like you. <laughs> And it doesn't seem like the reverend's going to change. It's just, it is how it is. So, yeah, they'll probably go into debt again. And, uh, yeah, that's it for the reverend. Great. Nice <laughs> to see you. Glad you catch that check in the last episode. Uh, yeah, that plot line really just went nowhere. Um, but anyways, yeah, back to Oliver. Let's just go back to the Oliver of it all. Yeah. Where do we want to start? Well, the fact he's at that a bar. his his little he, conversation with his father, where they get where they get hot with each other, is, is that what comes first, or is oh yeah, they get yeah, hot I think with that's what other. comes first. Yeah, and he, he's just kind of reiterating what he said the last episode that like he is nothing and always be that, you know, um, what was it like? Uh, no, James is asking Oliver, did you give him money to write letters? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because he feels like Oliver had a hand in trying to make this happen. And, and Oliver's just like, hey, man, I don't like this guy. I'm just trying to, you know. <laughs> I'm doing my thing. Yeah. Just, why don't you respect me? Why don't you respect me? But James can't see past the fact that he's in danger of his relationship with the Cubbits. Things are out of his hands all of a sudden. Like, this is like, you, you've ruined things here. Yeah, he's like, all oh, this stuff with the, the Isle of Dogs. That's all stuff that I helped put your name out in the world. And I put yeah. my relationships on the line. So you want to make it like I've done nothing for you. I've done plenty for you, boy. You just return nothing. Whereas Pope, this this sweet young young boy, Pope, mm-hmm. charismatic Pope, he gives it back. He returns the love. And now, but Oliver, yes. Oliver makes a comment where he goes, "I can't dig up Sophia and take her place in the grave because if I could, I would." And it's like, I mean, oh, dang, we're bringing actually this. Maybe would have been for the best if that was feasible. But either way, Oliver is out drinking and John Belasis runs into him. John oh, Belasis yeah. Drink, drinker of bourbon and soda. Ahead of his game. You know, oh, yeah. Time. Well, bourbon Good and soda drink. sounds pretty nasty. Really? I thought I'd, I'd taste it. Just t- like soda water and bourbon? Yeah. It's like, a, like a soda, but with a heavy aftertaste. Sure. Uh, sure. But... He says to Oliver, do you know Charles Pope? 
And Oliver just flinches. He's like, I hate the very ground he walks on. Let's teach him a lesson he'll never forget. And he's like, I love hanging out with my Eskimo brother. <laughs> he doesn't know that. Um, I You do wonder, because they cut away, what kind of conversation do they have? Like, does Oliver say, like, we should dump a bucket of feathers on him? Or... <laughs> Put a paper on the back, his back that says "kick me," and John is just well, like, "We no, find out like what they did." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but just how sinister was Oliver thinking before Jan, uh, John steered him somewhere darker? Yeah, we could just put a whoopee cushion under his chair if we'd like <laughs> at the club, and then they'll they'll think he's a guy who poops his pants. He'll never come back from that. I mean, in fairness, he might not. This really yeah, handsome guy who, who has accidents, can't control his bowels, that's not a good look. Definitely not back then. Uh, but, I mean, Oliver, I guess, had a good idea of just ruining his uh, his business reputation. But, yeah, who knows? Who knows what they discussed? And either way, they landed on a pretty dark idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, um, they do. I guess we could say, like, during all this, uh, what is it? As we learned the last episode that, like, oh... Sophia may, m- was mistaken that it was a real marriage, and so Anne goes to pay Lady Brock and Hurst a visit, telling her that she'd like to apologize, that nothing was wrong. Not, not even apologize, just say, like, dude, we both went. This was a legit marriage. This is not a bastard. This is a rightful heir. Yeah. And they'll tell Charles the truth tomorrow. Um, what mm-hmm. about Lady Mariah? But uh, Lady Mariah, she's been taken away she's by She's been her, chilling her, there. Her she's been getting painted. And then her mom came and took her and said, look, we're sending you to Ireland to think about these decisions you're making with your brother. Yeah. Let cooler heads prevail. Yeah. And is it her brother that they they meet with? The Um, guy with the beard? Yeah. Yeah, that's her brother. And and they're saying, like, are you sure you want to marry this guy? And she is certain. And his idea is, why don't you just come to Ireland for a few months? See, See if you still feel the same way. Yeah, just let let the dust settle. See if you're still in love with him. Which, as we've seen yeah. in every one of these shows that we've watched, with uh, you know Princess Margaret and Tom Branson and Mr. Bates in jail, all these people you separate them from the people they love. Uh, we see it with um, uh, not more yeah more Wena and Drake. All mm. these shows, the love ain't gonna stop. So why do you even try? Well, we don't know what her, her opinion are of, of Irish people. Maybe she sees a nice little redhead, a Tom Branson of the world, and she changes her, her tune, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? She uh, might have. But, yeah, it it's, it's, sounds like a punishment to her. Um, yeah. The mother is just out. She's like so just like, I'm so fed up with you. <laughs> she says, you're like, you're not my daughter anymore. I'm so disappointed. I don't want, you're the biggest She's, disappointment of my life. More or less, yeah, disowning her. Um, and we do see that, I mean, we kind of skipped over it. Last week we had a little bit of discussion about whether or not this Edmund um, Bouverie was a mm-hmm. good man or a bad man. And we see that yeah. Anne, at the very least, is forgiving. Where she goes, I've spent my whole life thinking this guy's the devil who destroyed my daughter's reputation. But in actuality, he wasn't. So regardless of what we thought... We don't get any solid resolution on whether or not Edmund was a good character or a bad character, but Anne forgives him. We can talk more about that next week. I, I rewatched yeah. it and I have opinions. Okay. Um, but uh, 
a lot of this episode is culminating to, to a later moment, but uh, we see Susan talking to Oliver, and she won't tell him who the father is. Uh, and he's like, is this all just because I couldn't make you pregnant? And she says, it doesn't matter. You wanted a child. Okay, this is going to be your own child. He's like, I want, I want my, it to be my own. I went and did it. I made yeah. you a boy, a baby boy. Yeah. She'd be better, be better off just telling Oliver that she was like a Mary Magdalene and just, it was, you know. Well, that, that's not Mary Magdalene. That's, you know, the Virgin Mary. Two Virgin different Marys. I don't, I haven't read the Bible. By the way, Immaculate Conception. And, you know, Oliver, he's so daft, he would have fallen for it. He'd been like, really? Be, or just say that you fell asleep one night. I got on and did some work. And he'd be like, "Oh me, cool." Yeah, I, I did it for you. You don't even remember. Um, but she's like trying to tell him, "You have a fortune now. You don't have to work for it. This is the only way for you to be a father." Come on, man. And you get to go do your favorite thing, be a little Mister Debutant in the in Glanville. Yeah. We also see a small scene of. Um, Pope with his mother because mm-hmm. it just seems like Julian at a certain point threw his hands up and was like I don't know what else to do with this guy and just have him sit there with his mom and say like yeah I want to keep working uh, probably won't end up marrying this Mariah girl it's not going to work out but I'll keep working yeah we got to make him a mama's boy too Julian's like well how can I endear this man in this last episode mm-hmm. to the audience like make him just cool with his mom all these other people are having mommy and daddy issues make this guy cool with his mom yeah. Meanwhile, Blast is he's spectating some flames, and he tells his helper, if he's not back by 8 tomorrow, start making inquiries on his whereabouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we see that Oliver goes up to his pops, and he's like, hey, where does the, where's Charles Pope live, Dad? You know where he lives? And James is like, why you, you know I'm not going to give you that kind of information. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that in this moment at the bar... Balassus asks Oliver to write a note that says he wants to meet up with him because he knows there's tension between those two. Yeah. But he doesn't... Oliver was too drunk to remember where he told him and when he told him to meet. He just knew it was at the that night at a, a place with a bird's name. Mm-hmm. And James was like, oh my God, he's going to kill him. Yeah. Because they, they want him to show up somewhere and... and- beat him up and yeah James is immediately like you dummy don't you realize what you did you just sentenced him to potentially his death um so what is it so we see that we, we see Pope shows up to this bar yeah and there's a bunch of surly old dudes that are like hey you coming this way you here to meet Oliver mm-hmm. and he's like yeah and he goes well they don't want to meet they want to meet in private yeah Trenchard sent for you yeah, Trenchard. Yeah, not Oliver, specifically. And they go mm-hmm. outside, and who's waiting out there? Balassus. Yeah. And in the meanwhile, our man Oliver and our man James are... They go to Pope's house, and they're like, where is he? And they're like, oh, he went out. Yeah. And they say, well, is there a place that's like a black bird? And they're like, oh, you mean the black raven? Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, sure. They come to them really easily. He's like, oh yeah, okay. That's where they went. Right. And there, there's something along the way that's important to note that like, I think Charles is talking to the gentleman or something where Charles notes, he's like, I admire Oliver and I like his wife. <laughs> you know? 
good people. Uh, yeah. Nice, nice job, Charles Pope. Yeah, he does, uh, and he does say, I believe he says to his mother, he's like, I really don't know what kind of world that I'm in where some all these rich people really take a liking to me. Like, I'm lucky, yeah. huh? Just <laughs> so that's Julian being like, I really don't know what to do with this guy. So I'll just make him a dope who's lucky. Yeah. So Pope starts to go down this alleyway where this this uh, carriage leaves him off, and he sees a, a man there, and he's like, I won't go any further until you tell me more. And it's, it's John Belassus, and you know, yeah. he's like, Oliver said for me to meet him here too. Well, why'd you choose this area? And so Belassus is trying to, to slow talk, and he's like, look, man, the, the, he wants us to reconcile. You know, there, There's a quarrel for us to reconcile. And... Pope is just like, what is the quarrel, man? I don't have any problem. And Blast is like, don't worry. The only thing that will solve it is your death. <laughs> <laughs> and a struggle ensues. The hat does not fall off John Blast's head. That thing is like stapled on his head. It's insane. Oh, yeah. It, it, he's trying to throw, because uh, the thing is that they put piece together once they identify where the bar is, Black Raven, it's by the river. So obviously mm-hmm. they're gonna try to make, he's going to try and make him drown. And so... Sure enough, John Belasis gets the upper hand in this Pope character and, and flips him into the water. Yeah, he flips him in the water like it's, like it's Alabama, like it's the dockside brawl. He just d- dumps him right into the ocean. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which is wild because John Belasis, he's definitely shorter than Charles Pope, it seems like. You'd think I mean, Charles I Pope think in a, in, a, in a straight-up fight, Pope is going to butcher Belasis. Pope is younger. Pope is in good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, John is not some great... Man, John has some feeling behind him, though. He has purpose. Yeah, but he also doesn't surprise. Pope has already got his guard up. I don't. I think. I mean, we know that Julian does not know how to direct and handle action. Mm-mm. But you know, we should have got the Poldark crew in here because they know how to have, have punches thrown. That's this it just seems like it's like one, two, three, boom. He's in the water and he's well, splashing it, around. It, it does look like the kind of fight rich people would have, which is they don't know how to fight or, or scrap. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so yeah, he falls in the water and then James and Oliver roll up at the right time. Um, and in the, in the carriage ride too, uh, was it? Oliver says something that, um, what you call it where he's like, dad, you, you know, I could have kept silent to protect my sister's name. Now that you've told me what everything's going on, I would, I would have been loyal. You know, you could have trusted me. And James is like, yeah, I know I messed up, man. He also, I mean, we're, we're jumping over the fact that James, he's not telling his son that, like, oh, I didn't tell your mother I was friends with this guy for years. Right, right. No, James makes a lot of bad decisions, and including this one where he's like, oh, no, uh, Charles Pope is in the water. Well, time to dive in. <laughs> yeah, get, out, get out of the way, Belastis. Belastis is like, oh, by all means, dive into this cold water. So much of this plan hinges on whether Charles Pope can swim or not. And he can't. This how, world how, traveler can't swim. Yeah, how did Blastus know whether he could swim or not? He can't even float. Like, come on, guy. Come on, Charles. Seriously. And so, yeah, James is in there trying to keep him up. And Oliver is, like, considering whether to go in. And John Blastus actually makes some very valid reasons where he's like, let your father go. He, you know, he's had a good life. We can both get an inheritance out of this. This is actually mutual. This is beneficial for both of us. Like, come on, dude, use your head. He's like, look, we can, we're, we're brothers in more ways than than you know. Let's let's be, you know, <laughs> smell inheritance boys. Brother. Just smell it. <laughs> well, uh, you'll know. Uh, and uh, sorry, listeners who are just 
turned us off there. Um, well, Oliver jumps in, and he saves the day. Actually, he 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 holds them up until some other people can hear them yelling to throw rope uh, to save them. And mm-hmm. James is starting starting to th- thank Oliver, and Oliver says, "Don't thank me, don't thank me." The smash yeah. cut to them all all at home, freezing cold in blankets, and uh, is a. And Anne Trenchard saying, go to bed. Y'all need to go to bed. And, and Pope's like, tell me more. I need to know what's going on here. She says, just go to sleep, okay? You'll find out tomorrow at the roundtable discussion. Yeah, we'll talk in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and who is it? it? Was it Susan says, you were right, Oliver? Like they, they tell me you're like the, the hero of the hour. And he just feel he says like, he can't go forward with this new, he can't go forward with this new life with Susan. He feels he's unworthy. He doesn't doesn't deserve to be a father, um, but she's like, "You saved his, your father's life," and he says, mm-hmm. "I hesitated. I took a beat." <laughs> yeah, but like, if your dad jumped in, that means at least he hopefully knew how to float. He wasn't going right. to die. You'd think. Pope might have died, <laughs> but you're not yeah, worried about Pope. You're worried about your daddy. Susan correctly tells him though, the demon blasts was in his ear. The demon, yeah, demon blasts was in something else for Susan. That's the funny thing. She says, "You it doesn't matter. You conquered your temptation." You know, we can keep our, our matter secret. It's like, you know, Susan, you didn't conquer your temptation, though. It's easy for you to tell Oliver that and say, like, be proud. It's like, you, you didn't conquer his, but I guess. Not proud. You're not proud, Sue. No one needs to know right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one needs to know. So they'll keep their box of secrets locked up. That's uh-huh. what they say. And then we, uh, then we go to the the big meeting, right? Mm-hmm. We have the scene with the, the Reverend talking about being a penniless sideshow and how their life is ruined. And well, we also see on the lamb he's missing. Oh yeah, John is he's, missing. He's missing. He disappeared in the night, and we see that his mother Grace has found out that the bag of silver has been emptied. Which and is, she says, "I hope that John spends it well." This poor woman is like the most beaten upon character in a fellow's story. It's just like good-hearted. She means no wrong, and she just keeps getting, like, bad things put upon her. I also had a moment, too, where it's like, I'm, I'm clocking the time on the episode. There's, like, six, five minutes left, and yet we're with her in her room as the camera slowly pans over to the box to, for her to finally find out that John had stole that silver from a couple episodes back. And it's like, I didn't really need that much of a pin on, on that, that thread right there. <laughs> or put that in the other from. scene where she's with her husband. Like, okay, well, I have this as our little... Stowaway that I've been saving for a yeah, bad day. Nope. Yeah. And but we have this big meal where all these, everybody finds out everything, and it's kind of, you know, I think Fellows does a good good thing, intention. But I feel like this is just sort of like, wow, everything's great, huh? Yeah. Don't you think? What do you yeah. think, Lady Templemore? We and she's we like, cursed. I'm surprised you invited me, but here I am, and everything is good. Wilkinson there is just like, wow, how long you guys knew? You knew for a while? Well, I'll be darned. Hey, when you where's see him my paycheck, by the yeah, way? Yeah, he looks off to the side of the camera. He's like, Julian, no one told me this. And then they literally hand him the paycheck on screen, and then Wilkinson is just like, huh. Welcome says, to the you, family, my boy. <laughs> remember me for Mission Impossible? <laughs> or yeah, when I Michael clicked on screen in that one for one scene. Um, and Mariah though the one good beat of this episode or the scene where is she like 
She's, she turns to Templemore. Templemore says, I feel rewarded for my tolerance. And Mariah gets at her. So this means I don't have to spend six months at Castle Grey? Huh? Mommy? And she's like, I guess not. And then the Seinfeld music is, and then we go. <laughs> yep. And uh, we see John is in, in France or something. We hear him talking to a, a, a man at a bar or outside of a door. He's on yeah. the lam. He, yeah, he, he literally, we see him running off into the night uh, for the sequel, uh, eventually, probably. Who knows? But yeah. uh, we do see a scene where Charles Pope is saying, no, let's give him a pension. This guy, he thought his whole life he was going to be rich because he was going to marry into something. I'll be charitable to this guy who tried to murder me. Give him a pension. Let's give him spite money. Yeah, if anyone can find <clears throat> the guy that is. Yeah, he says, I'll keep the money until then. Yep. Riley... I'll kill him. <laughs> but this man who literally tried he to murder me. To die. That was, that is so good earlier in the episode when James says, like, you know, the only reason why he gave you a job was because he knew you weren't worth anything. <laughs> yeah, he's like, your kid, he didn't want your wife and children to starve to death. Yeah. Be grateful. And so, yeah, we see Charles Pope and Mariah Gray. They're married. Together, they're invincible, just as it should be, says Lady Anne. As we see Lady Anne and Brockenhurst kind of... Standing there at the end, smiling because they they won the day. Yeah, we see the two sort of needle movers of the show smile as we fade to black. Yep. There we go, Belgrade. Mm-hmm. And now we can cancel MGM Plus. That is until the next chapter comes out. Sure. Uh, yeah, but whenever that is, MGM Plus. Rotten streamer for those in the, in the U.S. <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah. You know, we all have streamers that we just keep for one thing. I'm getting rid of MGM. The Lords of Grantham account is gone. That's fine. Solid show, though. Solid show. Solid we'll show. Talk more, we'll talk more about it in depth next week. Yeah. Good finale. It's a finale. finale. It's a finale. It hit all it's, the marks. It, it, yeah, hit all the buttons. Very telenovela adjacent. Like, yeah. not too much in the way of getting the good things done. Yep. But we got power rankings. We do. So, yeah, let's let's get to them. Dave, who's going down at number three? At number three, I got a tie for our, our downstairs help. Thanks for coming, Ellis and Turton. Mm-hmm. Didn't really get much to do this week. They're kind of out before the action really starts. Yeah. They made their money. Ellis, at the very least, has a reference so she can move on with her life. Turton, kind of an a-hole. You know, see ya. Yeah. That's it. That's all. Yeah, I, I felt their fate was coming, and I, I, there's people that had worse weeks than them. And I just feel like I didn't want to give them a, 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 a demerit. The person I had to give a demerit number three was Charles Pope. I don't care if he what? got married <laughs> and he got all the money and everything. There's a thing in wrestling where you know they, they call it like protect protection. You know, they're protecting the talent. Uh-huh. They literally try to protect. Charles Pope as much as they can in this episode where they keep him off screen for over half the episode mm-hmm. when he shows up he can barely scrap with John Bolasis. they just like he's just an afterthought in all of this mess even though he is the point of the conversation this guy not for one second stood up for himself except for when he says give John Bolasis a pension get out of here Charles Pope you're a loser who doesn't deserve anything you got coming your way I'm sorry throw okay. down <laughs> All right, he's like number thirty in the Rumble, and he just walks to the, walks to the main event at WrestleMania. Hate it, hate him, hate him. 
All right. Well, at number two, she doesn't have much to do, but I, I said it when we discussed her. It's uh, Lady Grace Belassus, John Belassus' mother. This poor woman, she's got like three or four scenes in this whole show. Yeah. And she's like telling her addict husband, don't gamble, please. And then yep. she tells her son, here's my little stash to keep your addict father away from all of our money. Mm-hmm. And she leaves this episode with her husband, who's a man of the cloth, by the way. I mean, we don't talk about how much yeah. that this is a reverend who is this gambling addict. Um, this poor woman is just like, I got nothing. My my son ran away with all my money, and my husband is given an opportunity to clear his name, and instead he's thinking about how to get the next hit. She's got nothing. Yeah. I feel so sorry for her. I wish Charles Pope was like, why don't we give Grace Balassus a pension? Yep. That would have been the nice little neat coverall here. Yeah. But, nope. Well, they try to give her like a bit of an upbeat send-off, but I gotta go put Susan Trencher to number two. She's ready to th- throw it all away and be with this John Balassus character, and he laughs in her face and says, like, no, you would be a divorced divorcee of a man of a, a tradesman like nah nah not in a million years and sorry you didn't cancel your baby that's your fault and then she gets the double whammy that she'd have to live at glanville for 10 months out of the year uh yeah she can only be in london for two months right and you know you see her trying to tell oliver to buck up but at the same time there's nothing indicating that she ever liked oliver or enjoyed being here and now she has to put up with this come on Come on, this is a bad fate for her. You can try and yeah, say like, like she's helping out, but no. You could have had the moment where where Oliver is really spilling his guts about like I don't feel like I deserve anything after I considered letting my father die. Yeah. If you if she in that moment showed some vulnerability and was truly like the Oliver I fell in love with twelve years ago is not the kind of guy, you know. Oh, I believe she says like Jesus was tempted, which is a it's a mm-hmm. it's a nice sentiment but it's not enough heart yeah so if she had a little more heart i would have given you know she could have really redeemed herself yep but nope no heart number one going down though it's got to be unanimous it's got to be running into the night in france as johnny b balassus oh my lord this guy he was running everything just right until he realized the game was rigged from the start (laughs) Mm mm-hmm he was playing a losing game. He, he found out too much, and now he's sunk because of it. He tried to kill a man, failed at doing that. He paired up. He, you know what this is the problem with John Blast's plan, actually? Was the thought that Oliver could actually be of help to him, this loser. That everyone knows is a loser. Oh, yeah. You I mean, obviously. This guy's going to help you with a murder plot? No, 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 no. You chose poorly, John Blast's. Yeah. Well, who'd have going up then? Let's go positive. Spear at number three. Oh, she's clicking, Spear. She's clicking here. heels, saying, like, I get to keep my job. I'll get money either way, and I'll get a Buckingham Palace one day. But bye, Turin and uh, and Ellis. You can go get your checks somewhere else. I don't need you. And the kicker, too, is, like, with the Charles Pope in the picture of it all, shoot, she could just move laterally and be in a better position just by working for that family if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Spear's doing great. She can request a uh, transfer. She could go work at Glanville if she wants for 10 months out of the year now and have the countryside to herself. Well, I think she's going to if she's with Anne. I mean, or if Susan. She wants to go that way. Yeah, it was Susan if she wants to go that way. Yeah, so good for Spear. How about you, Dave? 
I got I got Anne at number three. Our our sort of okay. main character because I feel like this whole season, I think I po- probably had a rank in an episode one or two, but then she sort of disappears into the story. Yeah. And this week we see that moment with her and Susan where she's like, "You're going to Glanville. You want to go mm-hmm. fool around on my boy? You're not done with us. You're gonna yeah. get be tortured in the middle of woods with my my son who won't be working. He's mm-hmm. gonna be going to parties and you're gonna be going with them." And then she gets to see her daughter's name cleared and respected, which is something that she's been dying to do. And she gets the glory show at the end. She's still like... That's true. She's, she's our needle mover. So you got to give her that. At number two, going up, I got Mariah Gray. I really okay. think they, they, they sat in that moment where you know they're really pushing her. Like, do you really want to throw your life away for this guy and, and give it all up? And she's like, Yeah. I'm, I'm all I in. Do. And, and so it really did show her strength and resolve to be like, I don't care. I don't, send me to Ireland all you want. I'm, I'm not changing my mind. So it's a flex on her part and it paid off. Sure. Well, I got, I got the man Oliver at number two. He did because a lot of work. Less, you know, like he, the one thing that's kind of in, in, the, in the negative for him is it, the boy is not his. The, the, the goddamn boy ain't his. But he gets to retire. His parents are basically telling him, you don't need to keep this facade up that you're going to be some good businessman. You're going to spend the rest of your days in Glanville going to parties, living it up. Mm -hmm. And then also, as Susan points out, even Jesus was tempted. This boy jumped in the water, saved his father, and Charles Pope from death. Yeah, It's a stretch to compare compare him to Jesus, but yes. (laughs) Well, who knows? (laughs) Who knows? I mean, he... He really, he really does kind of win this because I think this whole time he's been unsure about. And then I think just the fact that he finds out that Charles Pope is his nephew sort yeah. of gives him a moral cleansing where he's like, I've been doing all this for nothing because I realize that, you know, he doesn't feel in the wrong. I mean, obviously he feels in the wrong, but he doesn't feel like unjustified. Like he was furious at Pope for taking his dad away only to find out that's his nephew. He's like, oh, OK, OK. Yeah. That's my bad, but it's also your fault. I think he's absolved. That's fair. No, I, I, I would, I was trying to find a place for Oliver, but I just felt like the fact that he almost let his dad die, <laughs> and that he also failed at like offing Charles. Pope. Jesus his whole was, plan was a waste. It's just, yeah, I don't know. He's still losing. The son's not his. Uh, anyways, number one going up for me though is James Trenchard. This man. Okay. <laughs> He literally shut down Riley and the boys with their their story against uh, with uh, against Pope. He was not afraid to jump headfirst into the water to save his son he, or his grandson. He even said like the third time, I think I was going 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 to go under <laughs> if it wasn't for Oliver. Uh, he even he even gets off a few shots on his son though this episode. Like <laughs> this guy's going to die because of you. You piece of trash i want to zone you <laughs> he's like i hate i hate you boy and also he gets to live in the suite uh ignorant of ignorance is bliss by not knowing that susan's child may belong to john Belasis. this guy's i guess that's fair <laughs> he, he did his part to try and make amends so so okay. kudos to, to to james treasure well i gotta give it to to our our poster children Mariah and Oliver, nah. or not Oliver, Mariah and Pope. It's their happy love story, you know. Baby, just say yes. They go through with it. 
is, you know, Mariah in the beginning, you know, when this whole thing starts, she's she she's the luckiest girl in the world. Not only does she get this man with principles who's a hard worker, he is socially exactly what she would have been getting from Pelasis. Yeah. And then Pope it, is just like, you didn't die. You got saved. Right. It, by your says, uncle. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep working, too. I'm, I'm not going to stop. And they're like, you sure about that? And he's like, yeah. I like, he's I like, like, I love work. <laughs> um, Charles Pope, though, putting him at number one, man, that's some stolen valor points. Stolen, stolen valor points. Yeah, he entered he's the Royal Rumble at number 30, and he won. <laughs> Everyone else did all the hard work, and then Charles Pope is like, huh, look he at all this up. here. Why did people care about me? He was so oblivious to everything going on around him. This clown. But he made it to the top. That's true. Hope you don't get a headache from that heavy hat that you wear, man. Um, yeah. But we'll break all that down more next week on the on the whole season wrap-up of Belgravia. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, that, that's that for Belgravia for now. It's a quick six weeks. We have to figure out what we're going to cover next. We don't know exactly. Yeah, I mean our whole whole situation's thrown off because of these these strikes. Yeah. Well, these strikes are the fact that HBO just has been cold feet. We'll figure it out. We'll figure. We'll figure it out. out. We'll have something. We do have plans for our Patreon. Uh, we'll get deeper Indeed. into that another time. <laughs> uh, sure. For our Patreon listeners, maybe. But uh, until then, Dave, have you been watching anything else? Uh, I, I you know I'm on vacation, so I'm a, a couple weeks late. Mm-hmm. But I made it into the IMAX for Oppenheimer. What'd you think? I really liked it. I think a lot, you know, yeah. I think there seems to be the two camps where everyone's like thinking it's the, the best thing since sliced bread. And the people that mm-hmm. think it's like, okay, it's just a good movie. You know, we yeah. need to start. I think the Barbenheimer of it all really kind of put the juice behind this. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was kind of boring at some parts. It was <laughs> long. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. it's going to be boring. But I thought it kept me engaged, and it was twisty enough that I was, like, invested the whole time. Yeah. I, I didn't find it boring. I was just more confounded in the directions it took sometimes, but particularly with, like, the third act, which a lot of people talked about, and I don't, we don't need to spoil mm-hmm. it, but the way so they once the, once the bomb goes. Yeah. Once the bomb goes, it kind of just kind of steadily decelerates. And the way they position Robert Downey's character as, like, some kind of equal to... Uh, Oppenheimer's like, no, no. Even in history, this is just not <laughs> does not track. But sure, whatever, go off and uh, yeah. Okay, it, it still lands punches. Yeah, I'm going and to see I mean, it I think... next week. I, I got my ticket to see it in, in the full seventy millimeter. I mean, I gotta, gotta I gotta see what no one's been telling us to see it in. You gotta see that that man's that man's nude body. It wasn't enough of it. it wasn't, That's there, I was I was made a promise that was not kept. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I expected a little bit more Cillian. We did not get enough. Where's the Murph? Where's the Murphy? Yeah. Anything else, Dave? Um, not really. I think uh, piggybacking on what we talked about last week, I saw the Incubus on uh, Sunday night. Oh, nice. Which was pretty was fun. That? They were good. They're. I mean, I think they're. I didn't do any prep work. I listened to them a lot in high school and college and, and a, you know, a few years after that. So it's been 10 years plus since I've been a hardcore fan. But they did hit all the bases. I was very uh, surprised. And that Brandon Boyd, he's, he's, he's still got the juice. He can still take your girl, I think. He's only 46, 47, so he, he's got some years to go. 
But it's funny because they they cover "Come Together," the Beatles song, and he's got this long, long, long hair, which he never had in the in the you know heyday of Incubus. Mm-hmm. And he's got the white streaks, and he's got a little dusty mustache. And speaking of people covering "Come Together," it really reminded me he's getting like a little haggard, like Steven Tyler. <laughs> so I think he's got a couple years left of being able to steal your girl, and then I think he's going to lose it. Okay, no taken. <laughs> what about you? What have you been watching, Corey? Ah, uh, what have I been watching? Um, well, like I was saying, I did go to a concert myself, Rina Sawayama, on Saturday on uh, Pier, at Pier 17, uh, which rocked. She's great. Um, if you like pop music and British pop singers, she's she's up there. Um, but was I saw Barbie again because one of my friends mm-hmm. had seen it. I was like, well, let's go see it. It was still funny. And saw the Teenage Mutant Instruments. Uh, oh, I, I want to see that. It was good. I felt I feel a little old for it. Where the way the way they pitch it, but like the the first two thirds of the movie are very much I, I've seen this before. But then the third act does some cool stuff. But yeah, it was good. Okay. It was solid. Does it look? Is, how does it? How are the visuals compared to like Spider Man? Um, a little more base, but they're cool. It, it, okay. The co-director of Mitchell vs. the Machines, which if you haven't seen on Netflix, that's a really cool looking movie. Yeah, it throws a lot at you. So it, it's kind of similar uh, in vein to that a little bit, a little bit less hyper than that movie. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was it was solid. I was I was falling asleep a little bit because I was exhausted. <laughs> I've been okay. I've, I've been going for a couple days, and like that's a real sign that I'm an old man. Where it's like I'm in my 30s seeing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's only not about 95 minutes, and I'm barely staying awake. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you know that, that's just me. But I think we can leave it there. Yeah. And, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter X, Instagram, Gmail. Uh, find all our episodes on any podcast platform that you go to. Leave us five-star ratings and reviews. If you so choose, you can sign up for our Patreon for some bonus content. And you have our Podbean website to follow you into all our old episodes. And we'll see you next week on the pod. Uh-huh.